Hello, beautiful soul. Welcome to Blissfully Bloom. I'm Victoria LeBlanc, a self-love and soulful coach, and I'm your host. The intention of this podcast is to guide women to fall in love with themselves, embody confidence, and drop the stories of not good enough. Your soul will awaken to the truth that you have always been worthy. In this remembering, you no longer wait for permission, validation, or acceptance. You choose yourself, and you become a woman who blissfully blooms like a rose, showing the world your authentic self, talents, and gifts, because it's your birthright. Happy Friday. I hope you had a wonderful week. In this week's episode, I'm going to be diving into people pleasing. So I'm going to talk about the five key signs that are going to help you recognize your people pleasing tendencies that you may hold on to. And then we're going to talk about how to let those go so that you can step into the version of yourself who puts herself first who really aligns with her values, no matter who is present, who is around her. People-pleasing is when you put the needs of others before your own. It's your tendency to put other people's happiness before your own. Sometimes we get the idea that, oh, if I please others, then I'm a good person or I'm not selfish. But in actuality, what you're really doing is you're not allowing yourself to fully be who you are because you're not voicing your true voice, right? You are giving people the wrong idea, the wrong impressions about who you are as a person when you may say yes to things that you may not have really meant to or not intended to say yes or you might change your behavior or shift the way that you act in order to deem yourself as acceptable or feel apart or feel like you belong to a certain group. But, but like with any habit, this is just a behavior pattern and it can be broken. It can be reshifted into something that is going to be more serving to you, right? And it's going to work in your highest good. So I'm going to go over the five key signs that are people-pleasing tendencies. So the first one is that you just pretend to agree with anything and everything that somebody says. And it might look like when somebody You might be talking in a circle and somebody says, oh, you know what? I had this really, really great Brussels sprout dish the other day and I just put a lot of seasonings and spices on the top and it was just galore. And you're thinking to yourself, oh my gosh, I literally cannot stand Brussels sprouts. I literally despise them. I cannot even stand the smell of them. Yet, even though you don't like them, you say, oh my gosh, I totally agree with you. I love Brussels sprouts. 
Right. The reason being why you might agree with that, even when you don't, is because you don't want to... Oftentimes, we know that when you see yourself in another person, when you are a mirror image of that person, that person is going to see you in them and you are going to see you in them. And it makes you more connected in a sense and you feel more connected to that person. So maybe you fear that disconnection when you fear that that other person is going to find out, oh my gosh, they don't like the same things that I like. They might feel like, oh, we really are not similar in these ways and maybe we don't be friends. Well, of course, you're probably not going to lose that friendship over Brussels sprouts. I mean, come on, that's a little dramatic. But it can go so far as to even shift. Brussels sprouts are like superficial, right? It can even go into the more deeper layers of our being and how we define ourselves. So if somebody, if you're sitting at a dinner table, maybe even they're drinking. You may not even be that big of a drinker. You may not even like it that much. You may feel like you have to be this certain person and agree with what everybody else is doing and agree that, oh, alcohol is fun. Alcohol makes me social. Alcohol makes me a social butterfly and is is for cool, is for the cool ones, right? So in order to be on the side of agreement with everybody else, you take a drink. You buy a drink at the dinner, even though you may have just been perfectly fine with water. Or maybe it goes so far as to change your beliefs even. Maybe you're at their house and you're talking about family. It's really close to the holidays and they say, you know what, I can't even stand my family. I honestly don't even like being around them. This is why I I hate the holidays. The thought of buying them Christmas presents makes me want to puke. And you are actually, family is one of your core values and core beliefs and you actually don't agree with them. You, on the other hand, have a different experience with your family. You have different feelings towards your family. Yet, in order to make them feel better and in order to make them feel like you totally 100% agree, you say, oh yeah, family isn't my cup of tea either. So, you see how even when other people are saying different things, you may not always agree with what they're telling you, right? We all have different beliefs, opinions, attitudes, feelings towards certain things, but in order to people please, we shift our attitudes, thoughts, feelings, beliefs, or to be the person that we think we should be around that certain person or around that group of individuals. And maybe we even fear that a little bit of confrontation because if there's a disagreement, then, ooh, that means there might be a little anger come up or a little frustration come up for that person. And we avoid that. But actually, a disagreement doesn't have to come to a place of an argument, right? We can still agree to disagree. We can still be nice about not agreeing with that person. Just because somebody else 
doesn't have the same thoughts, belief system, or attitudes and feelings towards something that we do, it doesn't give us the right to point the finger at them and shame them for not having the same beliefs or make fun of them, right? And I think maybe that's what we also fear too, is if we don't align, if our beliefs don't align, that we may feel embarrassed about the beliefs that we have and that we claim to be our own. If you do agree with everything, it honestly, to me, will come out as fake. That other person might think in their mind, well, wait a minute. They think the same thing that I'm thinking or they they really agree with this? Every single time that I say something, they have nothing else to say. And when there's agreement, there's the conversation is pretty shortcut because there's not a chance to dive into different perspectives. You're only allowing one perspective to be heard, one perspective to be dived into, right? So it's actually a good thing for us to have these disagreements and to come to different conclusion on things. It's a good thing. So the next time that you find yourself trying to agree with everything that other person is saying, just simply practice coming back to your own belief and voicing it out loud. Feel what it feels like to actually speak the words and the wisdom that you already have within you and share that out. Feel what it feels like to express yourself fully and to be okay with not being in complete alignment with that other person because chances are that's probably not going to happen. We can't be perfectly aligned to someone and have the exact same thoughts and feelings about something. So... (laughs) Now, the next key sign, and this is probably an obvious one, but it's that you find it really, really difficult to say no. And this one, oh, I struggle with this one so much because I think we got the idea wrong. We find that the word no is like a bad word. It's really not. You see, I had a little bit of difficulty just the past couple of weeks grappling with my mind of how to go about this situation. A friend of mine, they had messaged me and said that they would like to go on a trip. And I, of course, was so excited that they invited me to go. But then on the other hand, I intuitively knew that It just wasn't the right timing right now. And I just didn't know how to go about the situation without just saying no. Because in my mind, I just didn't want to hurt her feelings. I didn't want her to feel like I was rejecting her in any way. And that's what a lot of this word, the energy of no, we hold on to is that It's a sign of rejection. But when you allow yourself to say this two-letter word, N-O, 
What actually happens is you create more space for yourself to do the things that you actually want to do, right? Because saying yes to everything, even though it's not actually what you want to do in that time and that moment, you are going to give away your energy in places that you truly did not intend for them to be, where you did not intend for them to be. And for the situation that I was telling y'all about, I knew that I didn't want to just say N-O. And this is just, it's going to take a lot of practice to start speaking up for yourself when you truly want to. And it can be scary, right? If you haven't done, if you haven't said this two-letter word ever in your life, it's surely going to take a lot of practice because it may be outside of your comfort zone. You may be so used to just saying yes, no matter what, no matter if you are just bedridden sick, no matter if you have other plans on your mind or if you just truly just want to stay home and just don't go anywhere. It's going to take some practice. So so when I said no to my friend, I said it in a way that was my truth, that was true for me, and that felt really right. So I worded it. So instead of just saying no, I said no in another form. So, which it's probably, <laughs> this is a cue sign of the amount of growth I still need to work on with this word. So I definitely shifted things around so that the word no wasn't even in the text message. But hear me out. I just told her that I really wish that I could be there, but I actually have other financial commitments that I have planned for the future, but I'll be there in spirit. So I was really, really nice about it. I spoke my truth. And I said no in another form. Now, it might take me a few practices, a few times to actually say the word no, but it was a huge step for me because instead of just saying yes, I actually said what I truly meant on the inside. I'm just, instead of just making a decision right away, saying yes, right, it, it can be... Even, even little decisions like that, when somebody asks you to do something for them or to go somewhere with them or to do an experience with them, it can be so easy just to say yes right off the bat, right? And if we just give ourselves a little bit of wait time to just wait for how our body responds to their question, what is coming up for you? When somebody tells you, hey, would you like to go skydiving with me next year? Instead of just saying, typing out the response within one second, yes, wait for how your body actually responds to that scenario. Maybe take a few days to wait on it. And surely you will know it will be a, a more, a deeper inner knowing if it's a actual yes or if it's a complete no. If you chose to say no to the skydiving experience and you messaged them back and told them no, instead of doing that, 
you have more time to do something that will be even more magical for you and that is more aligned to you, right? And it just because you didn't go on that skydiving trip doesn't mean that you can't hang out with your friend. You can do something that you actually feel comfortable with doing and that you feel would be really, really fun for the both of you so that you can continue to grow and cultivate an even deeper relationship with your friend. With this one, again, it's going to practice saying no. No doesn't have to come with an attitude, right? We can say no in a kind and gentle manner and still come from a place of compassion. (laughs) And I think it is going to take a shift in belief that The word no is a mean word. It's actually not a mean word. It's the complete opposite of yes. Every decision that we make, we either say yes, no, maybe later, right? Those are basically the three, if not, there might be a few in there, three basic choices that we have. And it's our right to say no. It's our right to say yes. And so it's just taking back that power that we hold. And the more that you show up in your nose and stand strong in them, the more that you are going to feel more confident in voicing that no. Now, the third key is you don't admit when your feelings have been hurt. So, This is a biggie because if we just go along our days, if somebody truly does something that makes you feel a little hurt inside and maybe causes a little bit of sadness or causes a little bit of frustration or just disappointment, when we keep that bubbled up inside of us and we don't express that, How is that other person going to know what is wrong? They don't have the power to read our minds, right? We can't just assume that that other person is going to know exactly how we're feeling, exactly how we're thinking. And if we're just la-di-da-di-da, happy, happy smile, put a smile on my face, and I'm not gonna show any other emotion because happy people are easier to get along with they're easier to to be around good vibes only bullcrap bullcrap to the good vibes only okay we are human and we experience a whole wide range of of emotions and with voicing your emotions and sharing them out being vulnerable taking a vulnerable moment and being willing to say, you know what, this actually didn't make me feel good because you are in this this body that we call home and you are experiencing your own emotions. When other people are able to understand your triggers, they begin to understand you more as a person. And when you share how you truly feel, you allow them to see your humanness. You are the one that is responding. Your body is responding in this way and you are 
experiencing these emotions, it's important to focus on you as the subject. So when you are sharing your feelings, you can say something along the lines of, you know what, whenever you say this, it makes me feel blank, insert feeling this way. Maybe you have this friend who body shames people. Whenever they see somebody walking down the street with maybe arms that aren't toned, that don't have muscle, maybe she says, oh, look at their flabby arms. Over time and over time, you've kept the feelings of discomfort that this creates within you inside, and you've never voiced them out. And this whole time she's been commenting and giving those comments, she had no idea how it made you feel. And she just assumed that you were okay with it, that you were comfortable with it. But when you take the time to say, you know what? Whenever you say hurtful things about another person's body, this makes me feel upset or this makes me feel disappointed or this makes me feel really sad. Before sharing this out, you were probably just trying to please that friend, just trying to make sure that their feelings aren't hurt by not voicing your own, right? But it's doing the friendship, that friendship that you have with that person a disservice because the whole time that she is commenting this, I can bet you that your resentment is building. Your anger and your anxiety might fester and the relationship may not be as strong as you would like it to be because you don't feel like you can truly be vulnerable. Vulnerable, And when you are vulnerable and open, it's like the chef's kiss. You finally start to share your authentic voice, your authentic truth, and you feel really strong in your emotions and you start to welcome them with open arms and welcome sharing them. The next key sign that can definitely be an indicator of people pleasing is if you feel the need to make everybody happy. This looks like if somebody is upset, if somebody is feeling angry or frustrated, you feel the need to change their emotions. You feel like you are responsible for creating, shifting their state of mind. And OMG, I cannot tell you how many times Coover has come walking home or not walking home. <laughs> he came home from work and I can tell instantly I'm an empath. So I can totally recognize when something is off if his emotional state is just off balance and I can definitely tell if he's had a rough day and my people-pleasing tendencies want to go make everything better, want to fix and change things so that he can be happy. But that truly is not my responsibility. I am not responsible for his happiness. He is actually the one who is the subject 
who is experiencing that off balance or that off putting feeling. He is the one who is in control, who has the power to manage his emotions. I am not the one who holds that key to manage his emotions. Cooper is the one that can do that. Oftentimes when somebody is feeling off or they might feel frustrated or anything but happy, we might feel that need and that tendency or that desire to go and change things right away. And if we don't, oh my gosh, what does that say about me? Does that make me a good friend? Does that make me a good girlfriend if I cannot fix this? Just like nobody else can change how we feel, same with us. We cannot dictate how that other person feels. Yeah, you can be that support system. You can be that person who they can have a someone to lean on and lean their head on your shoulder, right? If they would like that, if they feel comfortable with that. But all in all, we do not have the power to shift their emotional state. And we don't have that right to do that. What if Cooper walked in there and he was actually okay with being unhappy? It's okay not to be okay. But we get this idea, oh my gosh, if somebody is feeling a certain way other than happiness, oh, the whole world is crashing down. The emotions, all of their emotions are temporary, so is ours, and it will pass on their own time. We are not responsible for when it does. With this one, what I would suggest is to allow whatever is to be. Allow that person to have space to process whatever emotion that they have. And it's often, um, I even heard of this when you see somebody crying, we have this almost innate sense to want to pass them the, the tissue to make everything okay, or to just go run up into them and hug them and make them feel better right away. But it's actually okay for them to process that emotion. That emotion isn't destructive. That emotion may lead them to the next healing step in their journey, to the next evolution of their personal growth journey. You just never know. So just allowing them to have that space, have that time to process whatever it is that they are feeling. And then if you feel like it's the right time, ask them if they would like your comfort or if they would like your support or if they would like to vent out anything and talk about whatever that it is that they're going through. The last and final key sign that I'm going to talk about is if you apologize often. (laughs) Now this can look like, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. Oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. In every other sentence that you say, it, it looks like you apologizing for everything because you fear that you did something wrong or that another person is blaming you for something even if you had nothing to do with it, right? Just apologizing for simply being you at times. And this can really be destructive because we can be unapologetically ourselves. We don't have to be sorry for who we are or who 
we are evolving into. There's no need to apologize for that. One way to let this go and let apologizing for everything go is to catch yourself when you feel tempted to say sorry and just not say it. This is another habit. Of course, if this is another behavior pattern that you have picked up on, this is going to be another habit that is just going to take practice. Another thing too that you can do is kind of catch how many times you say sorry throughout the day and take note of what it was for. Was it something that truly needed to be apologized for? Or was it something that you just said to please that other person, to let them know that, oh my gosh, I did something that probably wasn't I wasn't supposed to do. Was it truly, was that apology truly meant to be there? Or was it just there out of fear? When you're intentionally apologizing about something, it's usually something that you truly feel sorry for. But when we're just using this word sorry like it's popcorn, it's probably something deeper. It's probably something that we have to look within to see, okay, why am I using this word in my vocabulary so often when it probably, it's just a waste of my energy. When we use our voice, we are using our energy up, our energy reserves. And when you choose to say sorry after every single word or I don't know. I'm just, I don't know if I'm being dramatic here, but I don't know how many times you say sorry throughout the day. It just gets repetitive and it almost becomes meaningless in a sense. So that when you truly feel sorry for something, it feels like, oh, it's just another day because I say sorry all the time, you know? So in order to let this go, just practice letting go of that desire. When you catch yourself wanting to say sorry, just boop, boop, boop. Not today. Not today. (laughs) Okay, so I hope that you enjoyed this podcast episode. I surely had fun talking about it. And I want to give you all some journaling prompts. Out of the five key signs that I have mentioned today, which one do you most resonate with and why? And then another journaling prompt to go into this a little bit further is where do you think your people-pleasing, people-pleasing tendencies came from, right? Where do you think they all started and began? Because it is a habit. It's a habit that was learned where do you think you learned it? And why do you think it stuck with you? Then another journal prompt is how are you going to let go of the people-pleasing tendencies today? What actions can you do to let them go and to release them? And as always, screenshot the episode and tag me on your stories at blissfully.bloom. And I will be sure to share your stories and give you a shout out as well. And if you haven't already, make sure to leave this podcast a review and a rating so that it can reach more listeners. I will see y'all in the next episode. I hope y'all have a fabulous 
weekend ahead of you. Bye now.